0: Thursday, January 21st, 2021. Como estas, bitches? Notorious BIG that can only mean one thing. It's Conor McGregor fight week. Today's Thursday. He's going to be fighting on Saturday night. I don't know about you guys, but I feel that the UFC is way more exciting, way more entertaining when Conor McGregor is fighting. Now, I've been following. You know, I mean, I used to follow UFC a lot more closely and more religiously through college. Um, my first UFC was, I remember the first one I ordered was uh, Brock Lesnar versus Randy Couture. I saw the billboard, came home, and was like, Dad, remember Brock Lesnar from WWF? We got to watch that motherfucker fight in a cage. I've been hooked ever since. You know, my favorite fighter, George St. Pierre, as a French Canadian, I just thought he was so badass. But it's funny because I feel like I tend to gravitate towards the people with a lot of charisma, a lot of people that a lot of bravado, people that really can talk you into the building for the fight, Let whether they can let you, whether they can actually fight or not is one thing. But, you know, for example, I'm a big Chell Sonnen fan and, uh, you know, Conor McGregor really fit that mold of, uh, you know, someone that let's be real. I love professional wrestling and UFC is definitely wrestling's, uh, Wrestling's cousin. So at the end of the day, it is a sport, but it's also entertainment. And Conor McGregor's got that shit down. And you know, I don't care what it's priced at. I'm gonna watch the fight because uh, it's it's must see TV. You know, I was I was kind of casually following McGregor when he first started. I mean, he, he fought Marcus Brimage and fought Holloway on a on a torn ACL. And you know, at first he was a lot of hype, and a lot of people thought, okay, he's just some Irish dude that talks a lot of shit and says he's going to be a two-division champ, but like, what is this really guy going to do? Um, I remember when I first moved down to San Diego in 2014, uh, it was probably, it was was the lead up to McGregor's first fight with Poirier, and I was at my buddy Shin's house, and I remember we were hanging up in his room, and we were watching a bunch of UFC fights, and he just couldn't stop talking about Conor McGregor and how dope this guy was, uh, how skilled he was, and just how much swag he had. And I remember we were all vitamined up, and I'm just watching some of his fights. Uh, I think it was his Brandau fight in, in uh, Ireland, and he just smoked that dude. And, like, honestly, he was just the coolest motherfucker. I remember when he, uh, you know, so that first Poirier fight, a lot of people thought Poirier was going to beat him. Poirier, you know, there was a lot of shit talking between the two. People thought Poirier was the McGregor's first test and thought, okay, McGregor's getting tested in the UFC. He's going to get smoked. Dude, he knocked out Poirier in the first round. And I, there's some people that thought that it was kind of a weak knockout. And, you know, there was even people saying that Poirier took a dive. But that just shows you how strong Conor McGregor is. I mean, at 145, dude, the guy had hammers for fists. I mean, look what he did to Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo's no jobber. But, I mean, he dusted that fool in, like, 14 seconds. So, you know, I think that the world was introduced to Conor McGregor that night. I mean, I wasn't completely sold on him at that point because, you know, he still had, you know, I mean, like I said, it was like Poirier up that point. He wasn't the fourier of twenty twenty one a guy who's um eight and two in his past ten fights at lightweight you know at, at featherweight he was just kind of a you know he was a, he was a guy but you know not someone I would consider a top dude um but then you know McGregor started you know well he 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 fought Dennis siever which let's be real that was like the prototypical wrestling setting the star out to a jobber Dennis siever had no shot at that fight Marie was in Boston big Irish population. And, uh, you know, Conor McGregor came out and gave those people a show, kicked that dude's ass. Then he was supposed to fight Aldo in the summer of that year. Aldo has to come out, and then Chad Mendes comes in on short notice. And I remember Mendes was giving him, you know, giving him fits. And even though Mendes didn't have a full training camp, dude, Conor McGregor felt like he kept his composure. He was talking shit from the bottom. And, yeah, Mendes gassed out. And I remember at that point, I was like, okay, McGregor's a guy, dude. He's you know he's, he's a champ championship level uh, level fighter. His next fight was Aldo, dusted that dude, and then uh and then this is where McGregor I feel like his you know his legacy and his legend really kind of took off is the Diaz fights. You know he was supposed to fight uh, I think it was Rafael dos Anjos, I think that's what it was for the lightweight title, and then he got hurt, and then I you know week before the fight Diaz steps up. And, uh, you know, choked McGregor out. And, you know, it was one of those things where, like, I think with a lot of people that talk a lot of shit and they've got a a personality and, you know, their their fame is kind of built off this character they've built. I think Conor McGregor showed that, you know, he really is a championship level dude. And when he came back and and beat Diaz in probably one of the best fights I've ever seen, that five round war uh, in McGregor-Diaz two. I mean, that was the day after my wedding. I remember the day before my honeymoon. And I'll never forget that fight. I mean, you can argue that Diaz won. But, you know, you, you got to give Diaz credit because, he man, that guy is so fucking tough. I remember McGregor was hitting him with bombs, man. And then McGregor started to gas like a lot of people thought. I mean, you can't be throwing that many power punches and not gas out. And Diaz brought it. But, you know, McGregor stood tough. He would get his distance from Diaz, reset, and, dude, he just stood in front of him. And, I mean, that dude got my respect that night. And then after the Diaz fight, just immediately calling out Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, I mean, he was like the underground, lightweight king for the longest time. He was out and, you know, fighting for Bellator and, you know, all the big promotions that weren't the UFC. And, uh, you know, he got in Eddie Alvarez head, man. Eddie Alvarez is this tough dude from Philadelphia, and, dude, Conor McGregor made Alvarez look like he wasn't in the same league as him. He he arguably Conor McGregor chased Eddie Alvarez out of the UFC into one championship, you know. And uh, you know it's it's crazy that at the time you know Conor McGregor was fighting like three four times a year. And I remember at the time just thinking this is awesome, man. Like you know, there was no more George Saint Pierre. Um, John Jones was always getting suspended, but it seems like we had this dude Conor McGregor that just like. He made you want to order the fights. He made, it's like, let's get the boys together. Let's watch this. And, uh, you know, and then ever since he won the the title from Alvarez, it's definitely been, uh, you know, you don't get as much Conor McGregor as you like. He followed that up with the Floyd Mayweather fight, which was awesome. I feel like Conor McGregor is the only person who's charismatic enough to convince Dana White, yo, let's go do something that's not UFC related. I mean, Dana White doesn't do anything that's cross-promotion. I remember, I think the only time I can really remember was back before, you know, before the Ultimate Fighter had really blown up the UFC. I remember you'd see, like, Chuck Liddell going to Pride when he got his ass kicked by Rampage Jackson. But that's like, you know, you don't really see that happening. Dana White's really protective of his stars, almost like a Vince McMahon type. But, uh, you know, you got to give Conor credit. Dude, like, he had no business being in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. I don't care how good of a combat athlete Conor McGregor is Floyd Mayweather's he, you know he's the best boxer of all time whether you know whether you like his style or not I mean it's undeniable that dude's 50 and 0 and uh, you know Conor McGregor stood toe to toe with him you know you could say that Mayweather carried McGregor but you know at the end of the day it's like Conor McGregor I think proved a lot of people wrong that you know he can do he can do just about anything you know I think that with in his Khabib fight in 2018, I think that that was definitely probably the lowest point of McGregor's career. Not like personally or financially because he was killing it with his proper whiskey. You know, he's got, he has kids. But the thing is, is like, I felt like with the Khabib, he was too focused on telling, saying that Khabib's wife looked like she was a towel mate or throwing a dolly through the bus window. I mean, So he definitely kind of, he was like, it was almost like he was on that trajectory of a guy who's rich and powerful, too quick, too fast, too young, and is losing it. But the thing is, is that Connor never did like, sure. Like, like I said, there's a lot of tabloid. He punched the dude at the, the old Irish guy in the bar, smashed some fans' phone. There's allegations from women. But the thing is that guy, like he's resilient and he still seems to be coming out on top. He showed last year when he fought Donald Cerrone, who's Donald Cerrone is one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's not the best guy, but Donald Cerrone, like, if he's going to be on the card, you know it's worth buying because that dude freaking brings it. And Conor McGregor kicked Donald Cerrone's ass with just his shoulder. I couldn't believe it when it clinched up and McGregor's just like bashing, his, bashing Cerrone's face with his shoulder. It was like, it was so innovative and it was. You know, it was it was the kind of innovation that you would see from like early John Jones, like when he would start the fights, like he would just be crouching down. You're like, okay, what the fuck's going on? Like Conor McGregor coming out and you know beating a dude with his shoulder and you know some of these flashy kicks and he's just so precise. You know, I feel like you know I'm really looking forward to Saturday. I think Conor McGregor, uh, you know, I think he's gonna we're gonna see the best Conor McGregor tomorrow. We've been you know the all the interviews that he's been having. He had one with Ariel Hawani earlier this week. I think it was it came out on Sunday. If you haven't watched it, you should go check it out. But this guy is calm. Uh, he's collected. He's not talking any shit. He's all business. And I think that 2021 is going to be a big year for Conor McGregor. And don't get me wrong, Corey, this is a tough dude. Like I know that Conor McGregor beat him in 2014. But I mean, let's be real. We're coming up on seven years since that fight happened. A lot of things have happened. Um, I mean, there is, you know, there's a lot of differences between the, you know, between then and now. I mean, the 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 first fight was at 145 pounds. It was a, it was a three round fight. I think it was like, you know, third from the top. You know, so but this one's going to be at at 155. It's going to be a five round main event. And I, you know, Dustin Poirier, he's going to have to he's going to have to figure out. I mean, he's a tough dude. He's been in some wars. I mean, evidence with his, like, Justin Gaethje fight, his Eddie Alvarez fights, and his last fight with Dan Hooker, who's fighting in the co-main event on Saturday. But, you know, so Daniel Poirier can bring it. He can take a, you know, he can take a punch. He can take a beating and keep coming. But I think the problem is Conor McGregor, dude, this dude has hammers for fists. And this is a guy that fought up at 170, and now he's coming back down to 155. He looks confident. He doesn't seem drained. And I don't think that Poirier is going to be able to, to take the shots from McGregor. I really don't. I'd be really, really surprised if Dustin Poirier can pull it off. I think if you look at the betting lines as of Thursday, a lot of the bettors and the odds agree with me. As, as of right now, Conor McGregor is so a minus 325 favorite, opened at minus 180. Poirier is at plus 250, and he opened at plus 155. So most people, um, I mean, most places I read online, uh, most analysts, everyone is giving it to McGregor. I think at those odds, at minus 325, I still think that's a little steep to be putting money on a guy that, you know, has had a long layoff and you don't really quite know what Conor McGregor is going to show up. I mean, he did kick Donald Cerrone's ass, um, you know, a year ago. But I think, you know, I think Dustin Poirier is going to, you know, is a is a higher caliber fighter at this point in his career than Donald Cerrone was last year. Um, that being said, I mean, you, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't be putting any money in the fight because I'm, I'm hundred percent confident that Conor McGregor, he's going to win TKO. I'm going to say round one. There's was part of me that was like, you know, this fight's going to last a little longer than the first fight, but I just, uh, I just couldn't, like, I, I couldn't, bring myself to say TKO round two or three. I just feel like, honestly, McGregor is going to come out. He wants to make a statement. I think he wants to get in. I think he wants to get out. And I think he wants to move on to the next paycheck. There's some people that think that Conor McGregor's next fight is with Manny Pacquiao. And that's why he's fighting Dustin Poirier, who's a southpaw. Um, If that's the, you know, people are saying, oh, well, he's going to want to get some ring time. He's going to want to showcase. But I don't think that, you know, Conor McGregor is a prize fighter. And the whole goal of being a prize fighter is to get in, get rich, and get out. And, you know, I think Conor McGregor, he's going to show off a bit. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, I'm going to look to end this in a couple of minutes. Just want to quickly highlight uh, one other fight on the card. It's the Michael Chandler, Dan Hooker, the co-main event. I think it's, uh, I was actually totally, before I looked at any of the lines or did any kind of looking at this card, I was coming on here getting ready to uh, Defend Den Hooker because I just assumed with Michael Chandler that he was the big, you know, he was the big signing from the UFC. Michael Chandler for the longest time has been the, you know, kind of like the big lightweight fighter that's uh, that hasn't signed with the UFC. He was Bellator champion a bunch. He had some epic fights with Eddie Alvarez. I remember when he first beat Eddie Alvarez in their first fight; it was a you know it was huge upset. They had an epic war in their second fight, and uh, you know I'm I'm excited to see Michael Chandler in there currently the line though it's actually minus 132 Hooker and plus 108 Chandler so i mean it's basically even money here with Hooker actually being the slight favorite i was surprised i i i thought that Chandler was going to get the was going to be the odds on favorite or i mean not the odds on cuz i do feel like Dan Hooker i mean he's a tough motherfucker like that fight that he had with Poray in the and la- the last fight this summer it was it was awesome and uh i'm expecting this one to be awesome as well so um between this one, I mean, again, I think at the odds here, you could really put money on either or. If I think though, uh, if I had to pick, you know, gun to my head, Dan Hooker. You know, I, I think a lot of times with these guys that are uh, really big outside of the UFC, they come in with a lot of hype, and you know, it's not that, it's not that they lose, but I just haven't been impressed. You know, you got Ben Askren; like he came in and. I remember Joe Rogan was talking about Ben Aston can come in and be UFC champion. And I mean, he had that real lackluster fight against Robbie Lawler where he got dumped on his fucking head. And like, kind of, I mean, you know, I, I do think he won that fight because if you look back, Robbie Lawler's arm went limp. But, uh, you know, but then again, then his next fight he got dusted by Masvidal like super quick. And now he's just basically a meme. But, you know, I mean, Ben Askren, that's just one guy. Um, I wasn't really that impressed when Alistair Overeem came in back in the day. Uh, what's his name? Jake Shields. And, you know, I just feel like Michael Chandler's kind of got a little bit of that hype. I mean, he's a different guy than those guys. But, you know, I kind of want to see them do it in the UFC before I'm putting any money or I'm hyping them up for anybody. But, uh, yeah. So that's all I have for today. I just wanted to... Say a little something about the UFC, and, uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you got through this and have any questions, uh, feel free to comment. I'm going to be moving to try to get my podcast uh, published on Apple Podcasts, so it's not just Podbean. This is only the second podcast, so, I mean, still trying to figure everything out, but uh, I appreciate anyone that's taking the time to listen. So, thank you, and until next time, have a good one, people. Peace.